Never a dull moment. I'm intrigued by what Nathaniel said. Wonder what Allegra has to say about the whole thing. Where did she disappear to before the real attack from the High Priestess? Who is it? It's just us, Allegra. Oh, come in, I've just brewed a pot of tea. You're further along than I would have thought. That's great news. Where were you before this, Allegra? Why do you ask? Please answer the question. Oh, uh, I was in the small town of Ravendown. I was a healer. Why did you disappear before the High Priestess plagued that town? Where is this coming from, Jimmy? <sighs> we met Nathaniel. He appears quite convinced of a grand conspiracy around here. Ah. <laughs> yes. Nathaniel is quite troubled. His life has been plagued by tragedy. His wife and daughter were tragically killed in the church on that solstice night. What happened? Oh, it's best we don't speak of such things. I will just say that the priestess took out a large portion of the town that night. He really kicked off the madness in Ravendown. Since then, poor Nathaniel has slipped into madness. He disappeared for a time claiming to have received witch-hunting training. He savaged our town, along with that priest, Alexander. Accusations were thrown around as easily as opinions. He says you disappeared. Yes, out of fear for my own safety. A fellow named Edward, whose daughter I'd been helping to treat, oh, poor child, had warned me that the priest had declared me a witch, it pained me to leave the rest of the town at their mercy, but I couldn't help anyone if I was killed. I thought you were here to keep those dark entities locked up. That is the role I have taken on. Our townsfolk are stuck here, confused and wandering. Time has caused their very souls to disintegrate. I believe once we get these entities locked up again, we should be able to release the townsfolk. My hope is that being away from this place will rejuvenate them. I fear this place feeds on them. I thought you were assigned to looking after this place. Yes, well, I meant in a cosmic sense. Please stay the course. You have both done so well so quickly. I can already sense stability coming back to this place. If you see Nathaniel again... Be wary. 
He is confused and caused a lot of damage back then. He unlocked the powers that created this liminal space. I fear he will not stop. We will keep going. If only for the possession of stories. I feel as though there is so much more to this. Don't worry. We are here to see this through. Thank you. Don't forget to finish your tea. I think it best we keep going. Be wary, friend. The Warning Written by Sarah Jane Justice Narrated by John Stinson Even in complete darkness, the tiny studio apartment felt cramped. The rental listing had used the word minimalist, a description that was fairly easy to identify as marketing spin. To the majority of prospective applicants, the term felt like a cynical joke shared between smug real estate agents over coffee. As Nick went back and forth browsing the catalogue, he could recognise the jargon for what it was. Still, he was immediately struck by the concept. The idea of minimalist housing had a certain ring to it, and it matched his personal philosophy far too much for him to let it slip away. He stared at the listing, circling the words over and over, like a vulture with a red pen and a modest budget. Eventually, he gave in and submitted an application. After moving in, it didn't take long for Nick to gain a reputation amongst the other residents. He began reciting his self-important spiels right from the early days of moving boxes and introductions. The residents quickly learned to hide when they heard his voice. They referred to him as The Preacher, a codename that made it easier for them to mock him in the halls without being too obvious about it. On every floor, he became renowned for his sermons, long-winded speeches that had been witnessed by anyone with the misfortune of catching the elevator at the wrong time. With branded cappuccino keep cup in hand, Nick rarely took a break from decrying the burden of material possessions. At any opportunity, he preached the benefits of a life lived in minimalism never holding a scrap of awareness for how few of his neighbours lived such a life out of choice. He waxed lyrical about what this lifestyle would mean for the environment, for the soul, and for the sense of community fostered in such close-knit surrounds. It had become a well-known joke around the building that the stairs were never used as often as when the preacher was in the elevator. Nick was aware that he had a reputation Although he turned a blind eye to the extent of the mockery, he wore his preacher badge with pride. If nothing else, he thought that it labelled him as a man willing to stand by his convictions. 
No matter how reluctant his audience might be to listen, he saw no shame in sharing his beliefs to those who might be helped by them. It was only when he was alone that he let the attitude slide. Behind closed doors, Nick could let himself acknowledge the lack of comfort. The tiny room was cluttered to the point of stifling. No matter how many methods he tried to keep it empty, in pitch black he could still feel the shadow that was always cast by the complete prohibitive lack of space. He was constantly overwhelmed by piles of half-finished essays, laundry that was clean enough to be worn just one more time, and the lingering coffee smell that stained the air around the styrofoam cups discarded in shame. Drifting awake before his alarm, Nick squinted into the splash of moonlight slipping through his windows. A frustrated moan, he fumbled for his phone. It took him too long to realise that the battery had run dead. Ugh, he grunted. Half awake and longing for a return to sleep, he rolled into a reluctant stretch. He breathed in and out with a raspy cough, trying to figure out what was bothering him. The dark seemed to be hanging heavier than usual, holding him beneath his sheets with a dizzying weight. Taking the feeling as a sign to give up on the idea of sleep, Nick sighed and rubbed his face. Still fumbling in a drowsy fug, he flicked on his bedside lamp, hoping he could force his eyelids to open. At once, he became aware of what had woken him. A high-pitched scream seeped under his door, mangled together with the sounds of a struggle. Sitting upright in bed, Nick was hit by the impact of distant crashing glass and sobbing. No! A woman begged. No, please, I... Another frantic crash. She fell silent. Nick poured his energy into breathing, struggling to talk himself down from the brink of panic. He reached for his phone, grabbing it in shaking hands before he remembered that it had run dead. As he fumbled through the darkness, he heard more screams, punctuated by the slow stomp of heavy boots. Consumed by dread, Nick failed to slow his racing thoughts. He reached out to switch off the lamp and missed, sending it crashing to the floor. Damn it! Clamping his mouth shut with both hands. As the building echoed with fear, Nick made the snap decision to focus only on his own escape. Deep inside him, he felt halted by the awareness of lives he could be saving. If only he could find it within himself to step up and save them, he would be forever remembered as a hero. Still, in that moment, all he could think about was his own survival. Refusing to hesitate any longer, he fixed his vision on the window and propelled himself out to bed. Air rushed out of his lungs in a frantic cry when he fell to the floor, his legs numb and feeble. Please! Another voice bled through the walls. Please! Just let me... After breaking into a final shriek, the voice fell silent. 
haunting stillness coated the air before the sound of boots resumed. Nick slapped his legs without feeling any hint of the impact, shivers ripping through his hands as the footsteps grew louder. Every one of his muscles froze when he realized that they had come to a stop outside his door. Locked in a cold pause, Nick waited, holding his breath until it hurt. He bit his lip for a moment of quiet that lasted too long to measure. The air rushed back to him when the boots began to thud away in the opposite direction. Shocked to his core, Nick turned back to his attempts at movement. His legs burned in a messy fuzz of pins and needles, and he slapped them again to urge them into waking. As he finally managed to inch forward, the air was broken by a drifting ringtone. A violent crack! The door was kicked open down the hall, and the sound blending into cries of terror that was silenced as quickly as all the others. After only a momentary pause, the steady pattern of footsteps resumed. Nick felt panic start to overcome him, shaking through every hair on his body. He begged himself to focus, scrambling forward and letting out a sharp hiss of air when a fallen safety pin scratched his hand. Seeing the drop of blood slip from his palm, he pushed himself onwards with all the strength he could gather. Dizzy and clumsy movements, he grabbed for the ledge of the window as soon as he reached the wall. His momentary surge of hope drained out of him with lightning speed as the door burst open behind him. Still reaching for the window, Nick felt the air leave his lungs before the sliver of light slipped away from his eyes. Nick's eyes sprang open under a brow that was damp with sweat. Darkness was heavy, and he was comforted by the reassurance of a soft pillow beneath his head. Jesus Christ, he muttered, knowing there was no one close enough to hear him. He was embarrassed, being so flustered over a bad dream, and he rushed to slow his breathing back to normal. Rubbing his eyes, he grabbed for the phone on his bedside table, mashing buttons until he realised it was dead. Ah, he grunted. Straining his vision, he reached over to flick on the lamp. The orange glow of a too-bright bulb provided a superficial comfort that was quickly snuffed out when he became aware of the screams. They flooded his cramped space without warning, punctuated by the crash of breaking glass. No, no, no! His voice wavered into repetition. He pinched himself with trembling fingers, upping the force to a slap, when the effort had no impact. In the hall, the sounds of crying and begging played out in a perfect repetition of the dream that was still vivid in his mind. Choking on sudden awareness, he stopped himself halfway through the act of reaching for his phone. Panic surged through him as he grappled to turn off the lamp, sending it crashing to the floor below. Damn it! He swore, clamping both hands over his mouth in a gesture that chilled him with its familiarity. 
He rubbed his eyes, suddenly hit by another familiar scream. His mind swam through the weight of the darkness as he predicted the silence that broke through it. Struggling to adjust his vision, Nick felt his focus land on the window. Out of nowhere, the heavy feeling in the air seemed to lock together with the nightmare visions dancing through his head. With his mind swimming beneath it, he felt the heaviness in the air as a presence, an invisible source for the prior knowledge he couldn't explain. Slowly moving through connections, he started seeing his dream as a warning, a message laid out for him in a subconscious path. In a moment of dawning realization, he saw that he was being saved, and he swore to himself, he wouldn't waste the gift he'd apparently been given. As he swung his legs out of bed, he anticipated their groggy weight. The idea of being a hero had dropped completely from his mind, torn to shreds, a recent dreamy memory of his own death. He moved with careful focus, ready to push through the feeling when it hit him. A woman's voice rang out. The screams were silenced, leading into the sound of stomping boots, reminding himself of all his dreaming actions. Nick refused to waste a single second, pushing himself forward at a constant speed. Even when the boots paused outside his door, Nick focused on the window, blurring in and out of his vision. When the sting of the safety pin hit his skin, it came a fierce sense of propulsion. Measuring the sequence of events against those in his dream, he could tell that he had started to pull ahead. This time, he had already reached the wall when the drifting ringtone chimed. His limbs were clammy, drained and numb. And he spurred himself on with the frantic strength of fear. Swinging his arms over his head, he grabbed the ledge. He began pulling himself up. When he managed to pull the window open, the stars had never seemed closer. Feeling cold wind on his face struck him as the heavy presence hung onto his back. And with the pain of every moment, he reminded himself that he had been blessed with foresight from an unknown entity, a being that surely must have given it to him for a reason. Repeating that reminder in loops around his head, he held onto hope and pulled himself forward. With his focus centred on the night sky, didn't hear the stomp of boots speeding up behind him. The air rushed out of his lungs when he heard the door burst open. Before he had time to think, he had been grabbed by strong arms and pulled back into the room. No! He grasped. Please, no! Ah! When he saw the night, his dream replayed before him in quick bursts. He felt himself crushed into the floor by an invisible presence that moved outside of the killer's arms. The cold sound of laughter drifted into his head, and he saw his warning stripped bare as an insult. In helpless clarity, hope dropped its disguise, and he saw his supposed gift for what it truly was, 
silent, echoing laugh rose in volume through his core, forcefully driving truth into the dark. Sorry, Breacher. <laughs> Who did you think would want to save you? My, my, my me. Nick choked out, struggling to see the space around him. I, I, I never hurt anyone. I always tried to help. There is no time left for lying to yourself. Don't worry. <laughs> There's no place more minimalistic than a coffin. <laughs> As his vision faded to black, all Nick could hear was the terrifying fade of his own screams. You've been listening to the Night's End Podcast, which is a production of Dissonance Media. The Warning was written by Sarah Jane Justice. Sarah Jane Justice is an award-winning spoken word artist, a published prose author and poet, and an accomplished musician and songwriter. With endless motivation and enthusiasm for all areas of her work, she's always working towards her next major project. To see more of Sarah's work, head over to sarahjanejusticewriting.com or connect with her on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash sarahjanejusticewriting. This episode was narrated by John Stinson from the Spooky Tales podcast, where he and his co-host Louise chat about all things spooky. Just search the Spooky Tales podcast where you get your podcasts. Jimmy Horrors was performed by James Barnett. Allegra was performed by Rebecca Strazina, who is the host of her show, The West London Witch. This episode was edited and produced by James Barnett. For bonus content and early access to episodes, including exclusive merch, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash podcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can receive benefits. Another way to support the podcast is to leave us a five-star rating and a review or just go ahead and tell your friends. It helps us more than you know. And as always, stay horrific, everyone.